In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. Double-Edged Sword, a Christian podcast ministry presented by Father Gennard Lazar. Father Gennard is a parish priest of the Mud-Edda Parish of the Assyrian Church of the East in Turlock, California. Here's Father Gennard. One of the many difficult attributes or characteristics in our Christian lives, or life in general, is being content, being satisfied. Being content with what we have or what we have not being content with what we receive or miss out on, being content in any life's cruel, disheartening, disappointing, displeasing, and all the disses circumstances that life throws in us or at us. You see, Christmas is around the corner, right? And we're preparing our gifts. We're buying gifts for others, We've already started wrapping them and we're anticipating to receive a gift from others. But remember the idea of it's the thoughts that count? That's slowly diminishing. Now we ask, what would you like me to buy you for Christmas? And it's not about the gift giving or the present purchasing. It's about celebrating the birth of Christ. But even then, there has to be contentment of what I receive. I need to be pleased. I need to, I need to need what I receive. I need to be satisfied with what I receive or what I give away. So as difficult as not existing as it sounds or as contentment sounds, it is actually counted as a great gain. It is a great victory a great success along with godliness according to what St. Paul writes to Timothy in his first epistle, chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. We're going to break it down. He begins by saying, but godliness, that, be, that means being godlike, being Christ-like, being complete as our Father in heaven is complete. So godliness actually is a means of great gain, success, when accompanied by contentment. We could love the Lord, pray to the Lord, and ask that His will be done in our lives, that His will will always supersede our will. And when it does, we're not content. We complain. So why is it a gain 
to be godliness accompanied by contentment. Why must I be content when I don't have or can't have what my neighbor has? Why must I be content with my five figures salary when my friend, my cousin, my relative, my sister, my brother is busking in his or her six figures salary? Or, better still, how is it that those who are in some of the most undesirable situations in life genuinely, joyfully, I will add, are content with their life? I can never forget a video that I, um, I watched on, on uh, I think it was uh, Facebook. It was a video of a, a father who would... Um, ride his bicycle to a restaurant and this is in the evening just before the restaurant would close and he would ride his bicycle to the restaurant now the restaurateur would save the food that was left on the plates of the customers for example if there was a third of a chicken left on the plate not in the kitchen, or there was some rice and some um, baked uh, potato that wasn't touched, he would leave them and place them in a, a plastic bag and hold them, reserve them for the father who would ride his bike to the restaurant. The father would collect the food in a bag. This is leftovers, beloved. And he would ride back home with his children being overjoyed because they received food. They're going to eat dinner. But you know, that, that didn't touch my heart. What touched my heart, what rebuked me and admonished me was this, that before they began to eat, as one of the children stretched the hand to eat, the father said, no, signaling, wait, we need to pray. Praying for leftovers, being content, praising God that today we are eating even though they are leftovers. So how is it, beloved? How can one be so content? Well, firstly, because those who are content with the most undesirable situations in life, they know, they have accepted, believed, and they live by the fact that God will always provide. They have understood, and this is where we miss the mark, beloved. They have understood the nature and the splendor and the power and the might and the capability, the omnipotence, the honestly, the faithfulness of God. They have read the scriptures and not only ready to use them to correct people, which is one of the use of the scriptures, but to understand and to live, to apply in life. They have understood what Jesus assured in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, and this is what they live by. Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father or your father's knowledge. But the very hairs of your head, you who are listening, stop the vacuuming, stop the washing of the dishes, pull over to one side, listen to this. You, whoever you may be, wherever you may be, who love the Lord, listen to what Jesus is telling you and I both. 
But the very hairs of your head are numbered, showing the, the precise knowledge and forethought of God for you and I. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are most valuable than many sparrows. You know, and in Matthew 6, Jesus goes on to say, look at the birds of the sky. They don't toil. They don't have to apply for positions. They don't have to invest money in stocks and, um, what is it, Dodgecom. They don't have to wait for Elon Musk, Musk to see what's going to come out of his mouth and everyone pours money into that specific um stock no they don't do that but the father in heaven provides for them how much are you more worth than the birds you know animals don't have a soul we have a body a soul and we have the spirit the holy spirit the animals don't have a soul the animals life is within their own blood so when they die we say we use the word sukitle that means um they have gone finished there's no animal. I'm sorry, I'm going to rain on a few people's parade. There's no animal and doggy heaven and doggy and catty heaven. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the scriptures. Not in the writings of the church fathers. But yet, let me tell you two more videos that I've seen. One very recently. And you can Google this. Google fish spitting water out of, um, out of a lake to get to the, I think it's a grasshopper. So the fish is in the water, just on the surface, floating on the surface, and the fish's eye is caught on a grasshopper that is on a branch. The fish spits out water to hit the branch, knowing where the grasshopper is going to land, immediately swims towards that and eats, and that day that fish will live because that fish has had food. Another mind-blowing video I saw last week, it was on Facebook, and um, we were trying to find it, Stephen and I. A bird was plucking twigs, and where was it, the bird storing the twigs so that it could fly away and build a nest? In, I, I'm not sure if it was in her feathers. I mean, Stephen made a good point, and how is the bird going to f uh, fly? But you guys maybe have seen it. I mean, if you have, let us know. Um, somewhere, it's storing it in her um, in her. Uh, what do we call it? her coat or her her wings um and and you know it was it was amazing because i thought how does how who taught this bird how to store twigs and transport them to the branch to to start knitting her nest god provides beloved and if the god is providing as jesus says for the birds and the trees and the plantation is it in 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 the book of job god says to job where were you when job was complaining i think it was about 28 verses or 32 verses job is complaining god says listen where were you where were you when i made the rains to pour in the wilderness so that the plantation would grow so that the animals would live from that plantation that is why the people you know those who 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 are content in any undesirable situations have understood the true meaning and the truth behind the word of God that says that I will never leave you, I will provide for you. And also, secondly, Paul continues in verse 7. He continues to say that for we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. So what we have, I should be content with. Jesus taught us to pray to the Lord 
to the Father and ask for our daily bread, not weekly bread, monthly bread, or decade bread, daily bread. I eat today, I wear clothes today, I am working today, I will be paid for today, my bills will be paid, my, f- my table will be, will be full, my children will eat, praise you Lord God, one day this is all going to end as well, but what I have, I thank you, I am content. With the leftovers, I am content. My auntie, God rest her soul, would say, Bruni, as my son, you know, when we were young, we were poor. We were, you know, we weren't rich. We didn't have the luxury of some other people had. And, you know, we would gather and pray and eat our food every day. Sometimes it could have been just dried bread. You know, our fathers would, would, would end their abstinence which means fasting. Fasting entails abstaining. So when they would end their abstinence, they would end it through by eating dry bread, lachma baruza, and having a glass of water, and yet they were still content. Look at what John Chrysostom writes. Amazing on these verses. For there is no one free, only one who lives for Christ. He stands superior to all troubles, any undesirable circumstances. And if he does not choose to injure himself, no one else will be able to to do this. For he is impregnable. That means he is secure. He is not stung by the loss of wealth. For he has learned that we brought nothing into this world, neither can we carry anything out. He continues, he is not caught by the longings of ambition or glory, for he has learned that our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. No one annoys him by abuse or provokes him by blows. There is only one calamity, one disaster for a Christian. What is this? What do you think? Hunger? Illness? Being poor? Being limited? No. There is only one calamity disaster for a Christian. Disobedience to God, writes St. John Chrysostom. And he continues, All the other things, such as loss of property, exile, peril, that is danger and the risks of life, no one, sorry, one does not even reckon to be a grievance at all, one who is content. And that which All dread, departure hence to the other world, that is death, this is to him sweeter than life itself. This is the person who is content with what he or she has or has not. St. Paul continues to Timothy, first letter to Timothy chapter 6, verse 8. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. Look at the bare necessities, the simple bareness. What was it? Jungle Book, right? I think it was Jungle Book. Yeah, it was that that uh, that bear that was um, yeah, scratching his back on the bamboo stick. I used to watch it. I, I loved it. I haven't watched it for a long time. You know, I might go and watch it today. That is yesterday. Look at the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities, food and covering. 
If we are content, beloved, with what we have, any covering, any food, and St. John Chrysostom is going to write about this, I'll, I'll share it with you. When we are content, St. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, God, who can give us immeasurably things we didn't even think of. If you are content with the clothes on your back, God will provide if it pleases him and appeases him. If we are content with the food that we have, God will continue to provide immeasurably. St. John Chrysostom comments on this, but he's talking about a wife and her husband. Listen to what he writes. For it is not by beautifying herself or by living a life of luxury or by demanding from her husband money or being extravagant and lavish that a good wife will be able to win him over. You know, we don't need to post some of those amazing, mind-boggling posts that our sisters are posting on Instagram and on TikToks and on Snapchats and Facebook. Why? To be able to win over the heart and the attraction of a, a male or vice versa. St. John Chrysostom says, no, 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 it's not by this. How? When she removes herself from all present concerns and imprints upon herself the apostolic way of life, meaning the true way of life, when she displays great modesty, decorum, disdain for money and forbearances, then she will be able to capture him. When she says, if we have food and clothing, we have all that we need. When she practices this philosophy in her actions and laughing at physical death calls this life nothing, when she considers along with the prophet every glory of this life to be as the flowers of the field, Isaiah 46, then she will capture him. A wife will capture the love, the satisfaction, the faithfulness of her husband when she is content with what he can provide. And vice versa, likewise the husband. Now those who are not content and want more and more, there is a danger, beloved. When we are not content with the leftover foods we may be eating, and we pray that the Lord will provide for everyone. Paul goes on to in verse 9 and says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and may many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Now, I must say that St. Paul here by no means is discrediting or disapproving riches, but more so the desires, the intention, and the foolishness. I'm not content. Why? Because she has or he has, I must have. No, I am content because I have what God has given me. I am content that I don't have what my neighbor has. And riches is not money alone, beloved. It's not just property and assets. Riches can be comfort, 
We want to have comfort. We don't want to suffer in this world. Why must we suffer in this world? I don't want pain. I don't want sorrow. I don't want agony. I don't want illness. Well, that's not being realistic, beloved, because the world is a corrupted, fallen world and can provide nothing but calamities. Riches are not money and property alone. Gladness, being happy in Christ. I want to be more happy. I'm not happy. You know, people come up to me and, 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 you know, I don't know what it is. I'm just sad. I don't know what it is. Well, be content. If you're content, then you will not be sad. Because whatever circumstance you have, and you praise the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know that he is with you until the end of the world, and you're content, you're satisfied, well, there won't be sadness. And knowing that one day we're going to leave this world, knowing that this world, St. Peter writes, that will melt, all the elements will melt, everything will be left behind and will melt. There is nothing that we're going to take with us. And then maybe you will be glad and you will be happy. So St. Paul is writing about the desirable evil love for these, which is a path to ruin and destruction. The love for being continuously joyous and happy and glad. The only gladness we have, beloved, the only joy we have that cannot be taken away from us is through Jesus Christ. And that joy, when, you, when, when we hear the word joy, we mean always, you know, enjoying ourselves and laughing and carrying on. No, no, the joy in suffering as well, only through Jesus Christ. Why? Because he suffered for you and I first. And he died for you and I. And he overcame suffering. He overcame death and sin. And we have victory through him on this earth or in the kingdom of heaven. According to God's perfect plan for you and I. St. Paul writes and reiterates in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Let not your mind love money. Not only money, power, fame, attraction. Let not your mind love money but let what you have satisfy you for the lord himself has said i will never leave you nor slacken the hand towards you so one of the most helpful beneficial way of putting god's will before the earthly desire which was one of the questions how do we do this in this most trying and challenging world, how do we put God's will before the earthly desire before the world? Is Be content. Be content where you are in your faith. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise and glory be to his name. You've been baptized in the, Father, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have been put to death with him in your baptism. And you have been brought to life with him. You read your holy scriptures. You pray. You have a communication with your heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. You attend church, you partake in the all-sanctifying body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. You fast, you perform your, your good deeds, your charitable deeds. Praise God. Maybe it is not for you to go and, and, and evangelize the world. No, some people want to. And then they are not content because they are unable to. That is not for you. Be content with where you are in faith. Examine yourself. Test yourself. If your conscience is not rebuking you, 
If your conscience is clear and your conscience is encouraging you, praise God and remain and wait for God to move, who can do immeasurably, who can call you to, 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 to the callings that are immeasurable and you never even thought of. Yesterday we celebrated the angelic annunciation to the blessed ever Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Look at Mary's response, beloved. 14 years old, told that she will be impregnated without a man. If you chuckled just now, yeah. But she didn't chuckle. She was fearful. She was astonished when she heard the sound or the voice of the angel. But look at her. Listen to her reply, beloved. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Behold... I am the handmaiden of the Lord God. We are God's servants and handmaidens. We are his children. But just as servants, we are ready for God to use us according to whatsoever he pleases, even if our life will be in danger. And if you read Mary's story and you read Luke chapter 1, you'll know what I'm talking about. I am the handmaid of the Lord God. Let it be done to me according to your word. Obedience, acceptance, willingness, readiness. Ready for God to work according to his will and being content. What a beautiful role model. The Blessed Virgin Mary. That didn't argue. The reason why she asked that how could it be because there has been no man is because in the history of the world, no woman has conceived without a man. Zechariah was punished because prior to Zechariah and being a priest, he should have known that there were barren and old women, Sarai, who did give birth through God's power. But Mary was the first and the last to give birth to the Son of God, and yet she accepted it and she was content. So as we approach the advent of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, if we don't have the ham on the table, beloved, if we don't receive any gifts, and what little we can give, let us first praise God for it. Praise God for His Son, for the gift of His Son. To the whole world. If I can't give Stephen anything, and Stephen is a little bit upset, don't wait for a gift, by the way, Stephen. If I can't give Stephen a gift, and he's upset, and maybe, you know, he's got the courage to come and say, Rabbi, you know, I mean, you didn't even uh, buy me anything. I'd say, hey, Stephen, God the Father has given you the greatest gift ever, which is his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So be content. The gift I give you will perish The gift I give you will be superseded by version 10.10.10.10.10. What iPhone are we up to now? 14. Well, let me tell you, probably 20 is in in the line now too, right? So things are changing. Um, The iPhone 10 now is one of those, Stephen would say, bro, there's iPhone 14 now. So what we give one another is limited. But what God has given us regardless of what shape, what amount, what quantity, what quality, which is always perfect, let's be content.
And I pray that the willing and the spirit of contentment is bestowed upon each and every one of us so that we can possess it first and foremost and only for the glory of our heavenly King, Jesus Christ. Praise and glory be to his holy name, now and at all times and forever. Amen. One last thing, please also don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. If you'd like to suggest future episodes or give us detailed feedback, please visit the link in the description or on our Instagram, linktr.ee forward slash double edged sword. God bless you all.